Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, a podcast featuring two people consciously living and loving as husband and wife, parents, and individuals working to make the most out of their lives. I'm Jay Taylor. And I am Aaron Taylor, and we are so happy that you are spending some time with us today. Welcome to episode 13 of Maximizing Life in the Middle. We did not do a podcast last week, we're realizing, and... Hiatus. A brief hiatus. One week hiatus? A one week hiatus. And what we wanted to talk about today is kids heading back to school. And then we realized that part of the reason we didn't do the podcast last week is because... (laughs) Kids, Kids are, are heading, heading back, back to school. To school. <laughs> so it seems like apropos to be discussing this topic. Right. So it's funny. We got a couple of uh, annual ritualized sort of things that we do summer and fall or whatever. At least I, I always think of it this way. Like, you know, the unofficial start to summer is Memorial Day. and the Here anyway. What's that? Where we live. Yeah, where we live. And then the unofficial end to summer is Labor Day. And we do big outside parties on each of those respective holidays. And they typically are sidekicks are fighting right now, Batman and Robin, or uh, Kidder and Gizmo. Yeah, if you hear that in the noise in the background, our cat is attacking our 80-pound dog. Because, well, that's what he does, and the dog allows it. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so we have these parties, and inevitably, we come to the Labor Day party, we have the big Labor Day party, and then sometimes the very next day... Those those years are painful. We have to go back to school. But then other days, other times... Painful because they're going to bed late. (coughs) Right, and then other times, it's a day day or two. buffer. Right. So this year... Everybody had the next day off, and then the two younger went to their school first day of school Wednesday. on Wednesday. And the older went on Thursday. And our oldest went on Thursday. <clears throat> and I don't know whether the staggered start is better, because it just felt like it was... It felt like it was a week of the first day of school. Yeah. It, it felt... Last week, it felt like it was slow to ramp up. But yet the week was over before we even realized it. So it was a strange, you know, I'm fascinated with the concept of time. It was a strange experience of time. Like it was going, it felt like it was stretching out, but then it felt like it was speeding by faster than we could hold on to it. Yeah. Uh, And just the whole concept of, and then our oldest, their first day of high school uh, this year for him is a half day. No, that's not unusual, actually. The freshmen go a full day, and the upperclassmen stay at home. And then the first actual real day is a half day. I have no idea why, but it was like that last year, too. Maybe just to ease the freshmen into it so that it's not 
you know, their first day with everybody there isn't like a full Overwhelming, day. Overwhelming, yeah. But again, whether it whether it makes sense or doesn't make sense, I guess is is immaterial. Just the way that that whole process just sort of I don't want to say drug on meandered. It, yeah, but it meandered. It it just uh, took so long for it to to finish. And you know, of course, obligatory early morning wake-ups for kids to get ready for school and parents to get ready to take pictures on the stoop. (laughs) A little bit painful for you because you're not much of an early riser. I'm becoming one, but no, at times maybe I don't get up as early as I should. Um, And then, you know, the forms and the and the, uh, you don't do any of the forms. What are you talking hey, about? I signed two forms last week. I signed two. For who? For Faith. There were two forms that I signed. I signed a whole pile, and then she gave me two more yesterday. I don't even know what she gave you. I signed two agreements to wow. classroom rules. So did I. I wonder if she got more than... I wonder if she got four. She may have who gotten knows? a lot. Uh, and then the ritual of... One of my one of my responsibilities has tended to be making lunches. Yeah, one of the ones you've taken on. Right. Um, years ago. Yeah, years ago. I think because you wanted to focus on bedtime with them, and that is a special time um, as I got older to do the bedtime routines. And so I sort of fell into this natural. You would take them, put them to bed, yeah, and then I would go and make their lunches. But this year we're piloting a new program. <laughs> Here at Taylor Incorporated, where everybody's making their own lunches. Yes, that's been interesting. So far, so good. Though the youngest is our 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 daughter is yeah the girl. She's killing it. She she's doing like our niece used to do, and she's making her lunch almost when well, she gets home from school. She well, and here's where the system breaks down. She did that each afternoon. Which I guess was two afternoons total, Wednesday afternoon and Thursday afternoon. But then Friday came and she's not going to make lunch Friday for Monday. So then last night when she was already kind of feeling behind the eight ball at night because she was looking for headphones that have to be taken to school, et cetera, et cetera. um, She realized on her way up the steps, oh my gosh, I didn't make my lunch. So then I had to help. I had to say, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Right. So maybe it was maybe it's not a perfect system yet, but we're ironing out the kinks. Yes, and I think that's the point to be made. Whenever you try to put a system into place, it may go smoothly, it may be an abysmal flop, or it may be somewhere in the middle. So when you don't have success with a a new effort, uh, a new initiative, then you just need to take a minute and take a look at it. Maybe everybody involved has to talk it through. And see if there's just a few wrinkles that can be ironed out or see if it's really missing the mark and it's just really not a good idea. You have to take into consideration, especially with kids, I think you have to take into consideration their unique ways and tendencies. Right. Um, You know, some kids, and even if we look at our own, the youngest is ready 30 full minutes before he needs to walk out the door. And actually, he doesn't need to walk out the door for 35 minutes but he will not go one minute past the he time he has late. designated to leave. So he is 
more than ahead of schedule, more than on time. He is overly on time. And then the other two are like throwing their shoes on as they're running out the door in their socks. So, and especially for our oldest, who, I mean, he he has made teenage sleeping in into an art form. Yes. Like, <laughs> left to his own devices on a given Saturday or day during the summer. I mean, he he might sleep in. He doesn't know about a.m. anymore. Yeah, he might sleep it's in only p.m. till like, 1 o'clock. Yeah. Like, now Despite sometimes... attempts to wake him. <laughs> yeah, now sometimes he's not sleeping. He's laying around and lounging in his bed. But, I mean, he won't wake up. Won't move his body. Uh, unless he's forced to. noon, unless he's forced to. When he is forced to, it... He looks a little bit comatose. Yeah. And, <laughs> or and, drugged or something. And he oftentimes will sleep if there's... So, if he's forced to wake up for something, a volleyball tournament... Where there's a, a drive, yeah. Where there's a drive. He's immediately going to sleep, too, as part Forget of Forget about keeping the driver awake. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not happening. Um, so he's he's sort of made that in an art form. But now much, and we've often kind of wondered about the, the complete idiocy of this, but the oldest students who theoretically need the most sleep because their bodies are going through the most changes... Are the ones who have to get up the earliest, and especially galling for him because our niece. It's a little bit painful for him this year. It's more painful because our niece, who used to drive him to school so he could sleep an extra. When he was a freshman last year. Right. He could sleep an extra. Like probably 40 minutes, actually. 40 minutes. That's a significant chunk. He's got to wake up for that earlier time. He's got to be ready to get on a bus. It's not a you decide when you leave kind of thing. It's no, the bus is rolling down the street. You have to be on it. Yeah, because when he when she was driving him, if he wasn't ready, she'd be like, come on, Noah. And she'd wait a minute or two in the car. Right. But the bus isn't going to wait 10 seconds. Yeah, the bus isn't waiting for nobody. You're either there or you're not. Right. So I think it's been especially difficult for him to adjust to this idea of get up earlier. <laughs> Well, you know, I think he was dreading it a little bit, like resisting it a little bit in the summer, but I actually think he's the kind of kid who, like, now that he's in it and there's no wiggle room, he's just doing it. Like, will just handle it. If you ask him about it and bring it up, he'll complain about how awful it is and everything, but he's getting himself up earlier, he's tired, he's doing what he needs to do, and he's getting out the door, and he hasn't missed the bus. Now, mind you, it's only been two days, three days <laughs> Which I know as it gets into the winter and then there's less daylight and, you know, it's harder to wake up. It's colder. I know it will get harder, but I'm pleased with how he's handling it so far. He's just kind of like, well, this is, I have no wiggle room. This is my deal. I have to do it. Yeah. So that's really good. Um, but so far, I would say it's the back to school transition has been pretty interesting. There is a good point. That we can make here on this podcast for our listeners. Which is our first. Maybe. <laughs> I guess we'd have to have our listeners tell us whether it is or not. Send us feedback if we've made any good points. <laughs> or we're just rambling. Right. Nonsensibly. Um, our daughter had a teacher, has a teacher this year. Mm. Who is oh, yeah. who is not Mr. Popularity. 
He is not very well liked across the board. Our son had him. He didn't like him at all. And our niece had him. She didn't like him at all. I think one of the other nieces had him. She didn't like him at all. And so the feedback she's gotten from anybody who finds out that she's got she's in his classes. Oh my gosh, you're not going to be able to stand him. He's the worst teacher, blah blah blah. So all summer she's well not all summer, but since she found out about her class schedule, she's kind of been like dreading being in this man's class. And I've been trying to explain to her, you know, thinking about this man's personality, what I know of it and what I know of hers, I really think that I really thought that they were going to be a pretty decent match. I mean, yeah. he's not, he's not going to be probably her favorite teacher in history, but I think she's going to be fine with him. I think she's actually going to enjoy his class. And I told, I tried to explain all this to her every time it came up and she was resisting, resisting. Then at our Labor Day party, I was talking to one of our friends whose daughter's in college now, and she had him when she was in seventh grade. And her daughter is in some ways very similar to our daughter. And everybody told her daughter, oh, my gosh, you're in his class. You're going to hate it. Oh, my gosh, he's terrible. And she went through his class and she said, Mom, I don't see what the big deal is. I actually like him. And she became he became her favorite teacher that school year. Right. And, you know, it, it, it's nuts to suggest that our daughter... <clears throat> generally speaking, would have a lot of problems with teachers, right? Because... Well, she would never have problems with teachers in terms of the teachers being displeased with her. Right. I guess, right. So she might not love the particular teacher, but she's such a conscientious student. and She's such a, a hard worker. Hard worker at school that the teachers are going to like her. Right, yes. because they're going to appreciate how seriously she takes education and her learning. She's got a thirst for knowledge like I've rarely seen before. Right. Um, but for her to dislike a teacher, too, I mean, it, generally speaking, I think it's probably going to be fairly rare. Though sometimes if somebody's maybe not the most... Uh, warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy, yes. Then... They might present problems for her, but it's just, you know, the the student in the district who, or, or the, the older girl who's now in college, who we know, I mean, they are of a type, our daughter Faith and her, in that they are very focused on school, very focused on learning, very conscientious, hard working, rule followers. Yes. Um... So, you know, as soon as we heard that, we kind of knew. She'd be fine. Right. And then the interesting thing that occurred, obviously, is after the first couple of days of school, our daughter came home and said... I actually like him. I like him. He's He seems like he's going to be a good teacher for me. And one of the things her older brother said, complained about him, is that he lectures... Meaning he, I think what he's trying to say is he goes off on a topic and he talks too long about it. And then he just wants to move on to the next assignment, the next chapter, whatever. Can we just move on? Because he wants to speed through everything in life at 100 miles an hour. 
She said, I actually love when he goes off on a topic because I love to learn new things. Right. So I actually love it when he goes off on a tangent. Right. It's an opportunity for her to learn more, to understand more, to go deeper into a topic, to spend time learning. Our son... Just wants to check it off the list. He's interested in just getting... Getting to the end of the day. Getting to the end of the day and getting the grade and and satisfying the requirements with the minimum amount of time and effort spent. Learning? What what would you do that in school for? That's what life is for. Um, but I think it's, but the interesting point that I think that you were trying to make is that each, in every, in every school and every, you know, uh, state and every country and every community, there are teachers who have this reputation, good, bad, or indifferent, right? There are teachers who have a... You know, well, all teachers have some sort of reputation. Sure, but some it's less. Maybe they've been around not as long in the district or whatever. And sometimes it's a good reputation, and sometimes it's a bad reputation, and sometimes it's earned, and sometimes it's perceptual. But each student has to experience that teacher for themselves. That's a good point. And one of the things we've always told our kids is don't form don't allow someone else's opinion of a teacher or anything else to form your opinion. You can take their information and kind of file it away. Right. And maybe you access it later, maybe you don't or maybe you compare your experience to what you've heard, but yeah. don't let someone else's experience or their opinion form your own because the other thing is that and and I try to take this when I hear inevitably hear parents say Oh, this teacher's horrible, or oh, this teacher's great. Well, what is horrible, or what is great about that teacher? Why did you have a good experience in that class, or your child? Why did your child have a bad experience? And many times, it, I think, it tends to be a mismatch between the personalities. Right now, sometimes I've heard of teachers, and our kids haven't had them, so I can't speak directly about it, but. I think when a teacher shames a child in front of the classroom, that is just like that teacher shouldn't even be in the classroom. They should just right. be thrown out immediately because shaming a child is not a way to make learning more fun. It's just going to shut the child down. But some teachers have give more homework or they're more serious or they're more fun loving or they're warm and fuzzy or they're not. And that or they're tough. Right. Or they're lenient. Right. You know, a lenient teacher may not do well for a kid who who, who, needs, is, who needs someone who needs somebody to, to say, give them good, this, him or her this, good Do this, do structure. this, and you'll get an A. But a really structured teacher might not do be a good match for a child who's like a fairy in the meadow, just bouncing all over the place. So I think, and I try to tell the kids, form your opinion based on your own opinion. Because you don't know if a teacher is going to work for you until you get in that classroom. Or you know enough about yourself to know what is a better match for you and what's not. And another point to be made is that I think parents and kids tend to talk about teachers in terms of good or bad. They're, they're either good or they're bad. And I like to try to say that teachers are either a good match for the child or not such a good match. Because aside from the shaming or screaming and yelling or sitting on their phone all day when they should be teaching, aside from some 
outrageous things like that, it's not such a black and white judgment of the teacher is bad or good. It's, is that teacher a good match for that type right. of child? I mean, it's almost, you know, that could be said to be almost any, um, anything falls into those kinds of spectrums, right? When we start to get into, this is a thing that, um, you know, that uh, I think it's Shafali talks about, you know, the idea of um, duality, not duality. Non-duality. Non-duality, right? Yes. So, yeah, I never know the right terms for things. I just understand the, some of the concepts. But it's either it's bad or it's good or it's it's uh, black or it's white or it's... Fast or slow, high or <clears throat> low, in yeah, or out. right, exactly. And so much of what we experience in life, we want to as... For our own, for the ease of our own minds, we want to categorize things on that scale or on that... uh, The black or white. Right. But so often it's not that way. So often it's... Fifty Shades of Grey. No, just kidding. (laughs) This podcast just took a turn. Um, But so often it's it's not that way. It's, It's pieces of both. It's, right, you're it's you're on at, it. Good at some. Yeah, it's not it's not just shades of gray. It can be both and instead of either or. That's right. a concept that I had to really dive into to understand. Yeah, and, and a teacher can have good qualities that also make those same qualities not good, but it depends on the child. Or good at times. Or yeah, they had a good day. They had a bad day. Yeah, or they had a good year. They had a or bad they, year. They, or, or they just got diagnosed with something and they're screaming right. in the classroom, but it turned out that they had this horrible health emergency or right. who so, knows I mean, what. And, and so many things are, are like that. So, you know, the, the takeaway, I guess, as we apply it to back to school, is for each new year to kind of be upon, you know, and I, I guess most parents sort of anecdotally are like, excited about back to school because theoretically it means that the kids aren't running around the house or maybe anecdotally sometimes parents are dreading back to school because it means so much more activities and so much more busyness for the kids and so much more you know maybe activities or what have you but maybe the the answer is to just approach it like you know we try to approach almost everything with a generally very positive demeanor about it and then see what comes and kind of deal with it as consciously as we can when it hits us. Yeah, and I think that's a good point also, or to just take that one step further. Of course, it's a good point. I said it. Oh, please. (laughs) Anyway, to take your point one step further, I've met many parents who have formed a staunch opinion of a teacher. Maybe their older child had the teacher, maybe they heard about something or whatever, but they have a very strong opinion of a teacher. And I'm going to use the example of a negative opinion to illustrate the point. I think that I've seen many cases where the the parent has a really strong negative opinion about the teacher and they haven't even given the child an opportunity to form their own opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And so they're so vocal about their negative opinion that the child absorbs that negative opinion and already goes to school dreading the first day because, oh my gosh, this teacher is horrible. And they've heard horrible comments about the teacher. Um, So they're already braced for the worst. When maybe if they could go in with an open mind, they might realize, they might realize that they don't like that teacher. Or they might realize, like, like Faith said at the end of last week, I asked her how she's doing with the teacher, and she said, I really don't see what the big deal is. I actually kind of like him. Well, and, you know, to move it out of the realm of other parents, we did this, actually. We did? We did. Before we knew any better? Because when you know better, you do better. <laughs> and knowledge is power. That sounds like a PSA on a yeah. network television. On PBS. Saturday. Yeah. It sounds like... Uh, the more you know on oh NBC on yeah. NBC or something like that. <laughs> um, there was a teacher, and for um, anonymity's sake, well, we'll just remain nameless. Yeah, Mr. Mrs. B, and we had one of our one of our kids, our oldest, had that teacher, and there were definite. There were definitely some issues, and part of it was a mismatch between his... For sure. Between what <coughs> his sort of um, way of learning and way of... Bless you. Thank you. Way of being in school is, and and her, and what she wanted for her classrooms and how they would operate. The personalities were mismatched. The personalities were mismatched. And then there were also probably some issues surrounding... Well, her one of her big things is shaming children in front of the class. Yeah, so there, so there were definitely some. That's issues. a non-negotiable, in my opinion. Right, so there were definitely some issues there. But when our daughter, she had her for only one subject. For only one subject, but she didn't have a particular problem. Wow, you must have amnesia. I don't really remember her having. She significant... had numerous problems with being shamed in front of this class. I don't remember. She came that. home in tears two oh, different times. Now I seem like a really bad dad. Yeah, sorry. Well, you you were not working at home those days, so you, she was probably all glued back together before you got home from work on those days. But yes, she was shamed in front of the teacher. She forgot something or. She was supposed to take a paper, but she left it in her desk, and she had to go back to the classroom to get the paper, and she just shamed her in front of the whole class for forgetting, leaving the paper behind. So... Silly things like that. But, and and I'll defend my, my uh, amnesia, <laughs> two instances of that versus with the other, we had meetings at the school about his placement in her classes. Right. In it was a much more significant uh, issue. She's got an issue. And the issue with her is that it's hard to move her on because she has tenure in the district. But we, we asked the prior principal, who subsequently left, 
after our son left, if you recall. Yeah. We asked that principal to not have our child placed, any, any, either of our next two kids placed in her classroom. And then the principal left and the new principal came in, and then she got placed in her class for one subject. Right. And it was only half the year, and we thought, okay, well, as much as we don't like this, her whole schedule would have to be changed around. We're going to see if we can get through this year with one and subject we did. half a year. And honestly, while you're describing some issues, it didn't reach a level of it was... Again, I know you're describing some things that aren't great. But if she had, if she had had her for the full year like our son did, and not just one class, one hour for half the year, I think it would have been a much more challenging year for her. And we probably, well, well you know, it reaches critical mass. You either you you try to do what you can to address any real issues that come up. You help. I think you help the child to learn how to deal with a difficult personality. I think that's. A number one, and that's what Dr. Shafali always says when school subjects come up, and you know they're like, "What parents will say? What about if a child has a terrible teacher?" And she says to her daughter, when her daughter says, "Oh, my teacher is terrible," she says, "I'm so glad about that. I'm so grateful that you have a terrible teacher because this is going to teach you. This year is going to teach you how to deal with difficult personalities." And so that she. Unless it reaches some critical mass where it's got to be reported, whatever it is, she just teaches her daughter how to learn how to live and get along with different personalities. But, and the reason I brought her up was to say that, and my point in bringing that up, because all that's true, is at that time, we didn't do a good job. We did a, a bad job. Because... We when, let our opinions kind of drip out of our leak out of our mouths right. before school started. So that, well, I mean, our oldest is uh, three years ahead of our our daughter. Yeah, and she knew. She knew the name of this teacher. Well, she also, she I think, remembered from hearing that we were dealing with issues when three years earlier. Like she knew of this teacher before we said a word. Well, before we said a word to her, because she remembered that he had a rough year. But it but was. But then we said other things, which was not right. Exactly. Either. That's my point. We didn't is do a that, good job that is year. that she went in there, bracing for the worst. Bracing for the worst. Now, it was good. It was bad. It was indifferent. It was. It was okay. It wasn't so bad. It was tolerable. It, whatever. It was tolerable. She got through it. But again, back to the the point of almost that whole thing is, you know, let. Let the kids experience the teacher, you know, let, let the, let it be tabla rasa, you know what I mean? Where you don't know blank slate, you don't know what to not, don't know what to expect, but don't Just have let expectations. Just form their own opinion. Let them form their own opinions. And embrace difficult teachers. If it doesn't reach the critical mass of right, they're shaming, they're on their about. phone all the time, they're not teaching, something like that where it's just going to waste their year or do emotional damage to them. If if it's to that point, then you must step in and you must act. Yeah. So you, you have to take some action if it's severe. But if the teacher is just not that great or not that good of a match... 
it's a it's actually a beautiful opportunity like Dr. Shafali says it's a beautiful opportunity to teach your child how to deal with a difficult personality they're going to come up with difficult teachers in their lives difficult bosses difficult neighbors difficult coworkers they're going to encounter people who they would rather like erase from their daily existence if they could but time and circumstances might require that they have to get along with or deal with this person or work on the same team as this person or something for at least some period of time. So I think there's also a fine line between teaching our children how to learn how to work with difficult people and when you reach that point where you have to say enough is enough. Right. You have to learn that as a parent when to how to support them through learning to live with a difficult teacher or when it's reached that threshold of I must call the principal this is this cannot go on any further and that's a good lesson for the child my boss is I don't like my boss my boss isn't nice well what's not nice about your boss what specifically is it how can you live with it is there anything you can do to make that relationship or that situation better or does it get to a critical mass where you have to either report the boss or get a new job right All good life lessons. All right. So I think that probably brings us to the end of our discussion of back to school. Especially since we're recording this while the children are in school. And we want to make sure that we don't talk the whole school day away. And then we get nothing else done before they get home. (laughs) Right. So with that, we'll end there. Um, Thanks a lot for listening. 